Hello and welcome to Helpline in Focus, uh, another week in lockdown for those of us in Greater Sydney and Queensland and now again for Victoria. I'm Siobhan Hunt. I'm the host of Babyology podcast, Feed, Play, Love, and we've been doing a few Helpline in Focus, um, sort of like a little extra special uh, series of helplines. For those of us who are in lockdown, I am in Sydney, so I'm definitely in lockdown. I don't even know what week it is in lockdown now because I've stopped counting because I know it's going to keep going. Um, and my children are seven and nine, so I'm juggling the homeschooling and uh, or remote learning, as we call it, and work. And tonight we've got Genevieve Muir, who is a mother of four, God help her, in lockdown, parenting educator, so obviously she's got this all sorted. And no. <laughs> <laughs> Stop what? right there. <laughs> she's also an obstetric social worker at the MARTA in uh, North Sydney, and we're talking about managing siblings during lockdown because I figured if anyone's going to know, <laughs> Jen is. Uh, now, listen, the whole idea of this is that if you've joined us live, you can ask Jen your questions, see if she can help you out. Provide a little bit of perspective, I find, um, is what works here. God knows I have no space in my head to be creative. So if uh, Jen has the solutions, you can jump on, put your questions in the comments below, and um, I will put your questions to Jen. But until you do, I'm just going to get Jen to help me. (laughs) (laughs) So if that's all right, Jen. As long as you don't want me to help you with being a better homeschool teacher because that is not my forte. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think you'll find it's no one's forte unless they're actually a teacher. And, And goodness, can you imagine if you're a teacher teaching Students remotely and then your own. (laughs) It's just a complete nightmare. Actually, I said I was going to ask you questions for me, but I I actually have been really feeling for parents who have children that are less independent. So talking kids that aren't even at primary school yet. Um, So I was thinking about it. As much as I complain about remote learning, I do appreciate that it gives structure to our day. And I can always throw at my kids, well, if you don't do this, I'm going to tell your teacher, I'm going to tell Miss Ono that you said you weren't doing it. So what are you going to do then? So I've got threats that extend beyond myself that I can use. But if your children aren't even at school yet. Yeah, it's a lot harder. Yeah. I mean, do you have any um, tips on, I mean, that's a long day. How, how do you manage such a long day if you've got two children without that kind of structure? Yeah, for sure. Look, um, I've got one still not at school. Um, and, yeah, it's not that long ago that I feel like I had a whole bunch at home. And I know from, I know from my work, from helping parents, that what can definitely help is, and we talk about it all the time, and I heard Maggie talking about it last week, but connecting in with your kids and doing that kind of really focused one-on-one special time with kind of purpose and focus, with the intention of really filling that emotional cup of theirs, and then setting boundaries and saying, I'm now going to do this and taking that break, and knowing that it's not your job to entertain even little kids 
24-7 and that some of the best moments come from actually getting out of the way and and just knowing it's not our job. And even with seven-year-olds and even with 12-year-olds when they come to you and they say, I'm bored, knowing that it's just not our job to fix that and that the best moments for them come when we do let them have some moments of discomfort where they work that out. And we can start with very little kids. I often work with parents on starting really small um, and not expecting much. If your child is two and they're really not good at time alone and I had an eldest who was glued to me, (laughs) so I really get that. You start with just aiming for giving them 10 minutes and then saying, I'll be back in five minutes, I'm going to check on you. And you really connect in and then you go for five and you come back and you build on that. You kind of, you do that, but it's tough. It's not perfect. And yeah, it's, it's going to be messy. It's going to be hard right now. And I was going to say one thing that I don't think I ever really appreciated when the kids were small is just how little it takes to entertain them. Yeah. So, you know, just, I mean, look, it does take a while to go down a footpath, doesn't it? But if, if (laughs) that's, If that's what it takes, walking to the post office and back and they see a snail or they, oh, yeah. you know, then. Yeah, sometimes just get throwing, you know, especially in that afternoon time when everybody's tired, you know, often we talk about just add water in any way, give them a paintbrush to paint on the deck, put them in the bath, let them wash up the dishes with you, <laughs> anything to do with water throw open the doors, like just it's amazing what can happen. Even as a parent, if you lie down on the grass outside and do three minutes of of grounding, which is, you know, just for you, I'm just going to lie here. Your kids might crawl all over you, but next thing they might be, you know, off into something that they're doing on their own. Um, And, yeah, mostly just getting them outside and, yeah, doing the best we can, but knowing that, you know, we're not responsible. A lot of parents I'm talking with these days are feeling like they are responsible for entertaining at every moment. And kind of if we sort of can step out of the way a bit, it can go a little bit better. Yeah, I've definitely, they've worn me down this lockdown. I'm very good (laughs) at saying I'm not here to entertain you because mummy has to work now. I've just been teaching with you and now I have to work. So fun times for me. Um, Yes, this is just one long complaint session from Siobhan. But I've got to say that that thing about um, getting outside, like even today, I reckon I'm feeling it a bit more this week than last week. And um, personally, I do my yoga every morning. Thank God for online yoga because it helps to ground me before I start the day. And I, I found today that my patience was wearing thin, even with all of that. And we try to get outside at lunch for a walk. And I thought, oh, God, I can't even bother doing that. Should I just watch, let them watch telly for an hour and everyone will be happy? But I made sure we got out. I don't know why. Something just made me get outside. And honestly, I was surprised that the cliche was true, you know, like getting out in the sun and there was breeze and we all relaxed a lot more. Yeah, like for us, definitely getting outside Uh, you know, moving our bodies, it's such a good reset. We all got out on Sunday into the sun and it's just a game changer. But particularly for our kids, if you can get them out, it's, you know, the biggest thing to know about all of our kids, and, you know, I'm going to say especially boys because I'm a boy mum, but they are missing out on a lot of exercise that they'd normally be doing right now. 
So they'd normally be in lots of organised sport and there'd be heaps more happening. They'd be running around at school. And so especially those school-age kids that we're asking to sit down maybe and do some learning, we've got to run them. You know, they're like the puppy, <laughs> you know. You've got to get them out. You've got to run those kids. And, you know, because I know we're talking a bit about fighting and, and sibling conflict today, but, you know, when we head into that, in a way the, the preamble of dealing with the conflict is if we run them first, yes. <laughs> we might get, get less conflict. But it's, it is, it's the outdoor, it's the sun. For our kids, it's even just walking on uneven ground. So if we can get into, you know, like a, a local bush track if it's within your 10Ks, for kids, getting them on uneven ground regulates all their systems so you're less likely to get tantrums and meltdowns. Swinging and spinning for kids or rolling on the grass is an amazing reset if you're feeling like everybody's getting fractious or whingy or moany or, you know, any of that stuff that happens. So it's definitely something our kids need to regulate. Okay, so I am going to put a question in here for me. Okay. So my son, who's seven, is getting really emotional you know he doesn't seem to mind that he's being homeschooled I know he misses his friends Mm. but getting him outside is actually really tough like he he would rather sit and watch a YouTube video about Minecraft or play (laughs) Nintendo Um, I'm just wondering in the context of what you just said about getting them outside Mm. does that have its place as well and if it does have its place how much time should we allow because I know like sometimes I'm just like oh if that makes you happy mate go and do that because we're going to do an hour of maths once you've finished you know like yeah yeah look I I get that and I think there's a place for both um I think honestly I mean with four boys one of the things we've always done is get them out early and like like that dog that you're walking you want to get them out even if you do that even before you start the day um, and again, you might have to force yourself. One of the things we do as a family is we all play basketball. So um, <laughs> there's some local courts we can go down to as a family. We can shoot some hoops. And yeah, sometimes enough of it's you. one of those things, like nobody really wants to do it. But honestly, it's one of the hardest things, getting my four kids out the door. It's horrific. Like it is <laughs> horrible. You don't even understand. Like. <laughs> No, like nobody wants to go. Like maybe you've got one taker, the dog, and then everybody else is like. (laughs) so true. I don't want to go. And then even if they're willing, like the amount of times you're getting the shoes on and, you know, and, you know, it's so hard. And I think, why am I doing this? And sometimes I'm even convincing my husband as well. And then we all get out and we feel so much better and everything goes better. Um, you know, for me, that's the priority right now over the learning, really. And, um, you know, for me, it's like if we can get some physical exercise in and maintain those connections and make sure that our relationships are okay, we get through this okay, that's top priority. And then if we can get, you know, some English and maths done as well, awesome. Because if you don't have that relationship, like I even could feel that today, like pushing the proverbial uphill with my son. Um, I was telling um, Jen a little story before about how I was getting so frustrated with him and with this particular mass question. And I was like, you're not concentrating. That's not the answer. And then I looked and went, oh, actually, that is the answer. And he found that so, so funny. And it was like from one moment to the next, you know, I, I was in this place of where we weren't connecting, where we were butting heads and we were both super 
supremely frustrated to laughing and laughing and going, oh, who actually gives a fig? Mm-hmm. So that what you're saying, like if you don't have that ease of the relationship between you, you're not going to be helping them learn anything at all. For sure. But what you also did in that moment was, you know, like, yeah, you were on the verge of, you know, losing it, which we, we all do. We all do. Yes. Um, but you were able to find that humour, you know, it it was there and you've got two options. You can storm off at that point. You know, you don't have to go with the joke. Um, but you go with the joke and you go with the connection and that's the same as when we or you know, if we do yell and we wind up repairing, you know, it's it's either way. If we can just have a laugh or connect in and say, I'm sorry, I got that, I stuffed that up. Yeah, we don't, we don't care about this. We care about this relationship. Um, those moments, they can be so special. Like they can come from this moment that was frustrating that you were about to lose it or you did lose it. Some of the best moments with my kids have happened after I have stuffed it up <laughs> completely <laughs> and I've gone in and gone, yeah, I totally did not listen to you then. Can we start again? And then you get the real story. You know, it's when you go in and, you know, the other night one of my kids threw, we were playing, so we've been playing a Nintendo Switch game um, and it's Mario golf which we can all play including the four-year-old and it's hilarious and I'm the worst I'm worse than the four-year-old at it everybody thinks that's very funny and then one of my kids um I don't know someone this is sibling conflict but someone just commented on his golf swing or something and he stormed off and you know and it was you know he was being a bit of a pain and I my instinct was I want to go in and just go this isn't good enough like come back and I just lay down with him and just went "Mm," you know tell me about it. And then what came out was I'm missing my friends. Like it was something completely different, but it was in that moment of connection and just sort of slowing down and, and, you know, stopping in the kind of crap moments um, and either finding the humour or finding out what's really happening. And when you say, when you go, I mean, this isn't that situation, but when you make a mistake and you go and say you're sorry, Mm. I have found my children are so forgiving yeah More forgiving I than I am when my husband tries to say sorry to me I'm not as gracious as my kids <laughs> are with me I'm like damn straight you should be sorry <laughs> you know whereas my kids are like okay thanks for saying sorry mum and they're, oh, they're over it straight away so they are. they're so forgiving and I think um, I mean if there was one message I would want all parents to know right now in, in amongst all this is that we're all doing the best we can and we're in this environment, which is impossible. If you're working and educating your kids, and even if you're not working and you're educating your kids, it's impossible to get this right. And so there's going to be stuff ups and it's going to be hard and it's going to be messy and we're going to have kids that are more anxious or more fractious or more fighty. Um, and I think that we are going to lose it and make those mistakes. And if we can know that when you go in and say, I'm sorry, that repair moment actually teaches our kids to be able to say sorry in the future better than, you know, the hundreds of times you say, say sorry to your friend for snatching his toy. That doesn't work. But us modelling apologies work. So first of all, you're going to turn out someone who can say sorry. But second of all, they are, like you said, they're so forgiving. They're like, yeah you know, moved on. They just turned that leaf. <laughs> yeah, I should learn from them. We've got a question from Domi on Facebook um, says, who says, I'm struggling with my 
five, three, and two-year-old not being able to get out enough energy. So the three-year-old boy resorts to throwing, being rough, yelling, and he thinks it's funny. Yeah, super tough. And I think, um, you know, three-year-old boys, three-year-old children in general, they're meant to do all of that. So that's really super normal. And what's happening for him is his body is just telling him to move. And, yes, it's really hard to get that energy out. Um, you know, I have some ideas that I've done with my kids. Like, first of all, if you have a yard or if you have a trampoline or if you can, you know, if you can scoot around the block at the moment, you know, anything like that that you can do can help. But what one of the kids was one, was it? Two, yeah. Two. So young. you might be even grappling with day sleeps. And I really get it's hard to get them out. There are some things that you can do in the house that can really help to get energy out with kids. So sometimes with your three-year-old, even getting him to help you with some heavy lifting. So we know that something called heavy work for kids will really kind of um, just get them more regulated. It's all this stuff that we need sometimes. If they are resorting to hitting, their body is getting really worked up. So there's some physical stuff you can do, like get them to do some heavy lifting, get them bouncing spinning, rolling on the floor, wheelbarrow races up and down the hallway. So there's some physical things you can, you can do. But the on the emotional side, um, I would be for him, first of all, we want to kind of name what we're seeing. So if he's starting to get worked up, I'd be naming it and saying, wow, looks like there's lots of energy going on in your body. It's not okay to hit. You're setting a boundary. I won't let you hit. But we can go and, you know, go for running races up and down the hallway. Your, if he's hitting and then laughing, um, you know, it can look like he, he wants to hit. It can feel and look like our child is literally <laughs> trying to do the wrong thing, um, but no kid really wants to hit. So he doesn't really want to be that way. He's a bit stuck and he's really asking you, I think, to set that boundary and say, you know, quite clearly, um, you know, we're not going to hit and you might need to physically stop him and then once he's calm, um, then you're moving him along. Part of that as well is naming some of the stuff that's going on for him. So if he's frustrated, if he's hitting because someone took a block or something, then you're like, wow, you really wanted that block. Not okay to hit. But, yeah, it's really hard to share. And it's sort of this combination of welcoming in those feelings but holding that boundary. And the way we set boundaries around hitting and stuff will determine whether it keeps happening. So when we lose it um, and we make a big scene, our kids who are seeking connection all the time, and I say seeking connection, not seeking attention, because that's connection that they're seeking, they are always seeking this connection from us and they will take it in any form, good or bad. So if they get this big reaction, like it might not have been pleasant, but wow, mum was really focused on me, so I'm going to hit my sister again and see if we can make that happen. Um, whereas if we can stay really calm, and I, I call it being a calm and confident leader, get right in there and, and sort of stop that hitting. Um, but then, yeah, you're trying to prevent it, you know, get the energy out. Then if it's happening, you've really got to step in there. No, nah, we're not doing that. And then we redirect. Mm. But it's Goodness, hard. I feel for you, Dommy. <laughs> oh, five, three, and two. <laughs> God, I hope you're getting some breaks in there somehow, some way. Um so moving on to older children, mm. this feels like it's for me again. <laughs> what do you want to know? <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Let's just say you have older children. 
and they're in different grades of primary school and you're trying to help them. We were spe- speaking before about that impossibility of juggling work with with um, supporting them during learning. So obviously the younger children, whether they're in kindy or year one, they need a lot more support. Year one, year two, I reckon all the way up to year three, need quite a bit of support. It's, My daughter, I just want to say it is so hard. Mm. How, I, how are you managing it? You've got four. How old are your boys now? You've got a four-year-old? A four-year-old, a seven-year-old, a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old. So the 12-year-olds just go off and do He's it. You're, you're a man now. Yeah. <laughs> you're now raising the children. Um, <laughs> I don't know. brothers. <laughs> oh, look, and that's what I want to let people know. With children in kindy year one, year two, year three, it is so tough. It is impossible. And it is, it, you know, you're not going to get it right. Um, year four and up, it does start to get much easier. And so I can tell you that my year four child that was in year three last year when we were locked down, that was a nightmare. I nearly killed him. Um, <laughs> not joking. <laughs> That's only because you don't understand their fractions. <laughs> Nothing to do with the child. They're saying, why is this wrong? You're like, I don't know why it's wrong. The maths, I mean, I can't do year three maths. So, um, look, so that was really hard. And what we did with him at that point, so, you, I, you know, I think you've got to sit down with your partner and you've got to work out, okay, how can we divide if this with our kids that are harder, year three and down? We're going to focus on them because they're the ones that need the more assistance. Um, and you've got to split it up. One of the best things we did with him was we hooked up a grandparent. We sent the maths stuff through in advance and he sat patiently on the Google Home and did maths with my son Liam for like two hours a day. It was a- Wow. <laughs> and so I could say, okay, tick maths off the agenda. So if you've got a willing grandparent that's in lockdown and often they're, they're going to be quite keen to, to have something to do and connect with the grandkids. So that's a really great idea is if you've got someone to outsource it to thinking about that um with our kin we had a kindy kid last lockdown and it wasn't working accessing him into the platform the school was using like I think sometimes all the schools are using different ways and sometimes there's only so many devices in the house and we were just like that is not working for us he's in kindy realistically we, you know we need to read with him and maybe do some sight words and so we found a really great program on the iPad and we sort of hooked him into that and then we just focused on the things we could do, like the sight words and the reading. And we kind of didn't try to follow the syllabus. Yeah. And I think that's totally okay, but <laughs> I'm not an educator. <laughs> I reckon they'd be saying that's totally okay. Too. I mean, the technology is part of the problem, isn't it? Like A massive. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's sharing all that. Like for me, logging everyone into their daily Zoomy things and it's the stress and then when you can't, you know, when you're in the waiting room and your child's not being let in and then you're like, oh, God, <laughs> and I'm here and I'll think I'm a bad mum. <laughs> living my life only you've got double trouble, like you've got two okay. more than me. And how old's your eldest? You four. Yeah, so I've got yes, you four. The, the difference between you four and you six is so profound. And so I just want to tell people if you're finding it hard and your kids are year four and down, yeah, it's hard. It is hard. It, you're finding it hard because it's bloody hard. And that's um, the thing whereas- is you, you expect it not to be because mm. you're like you're younger, so it should be easier to mm, tackle yes. those problems. 
No. It's not. It's really not. My gosh, don't we just respect teachers now? Oh, I look, my mum's a teacher. I've always been all for the teachers. This is not my karma, Jen. This is not my karma. It's all the other parents. (laughs) Exactly. Oh my lord. Um, so one of the other things, I'm just conscious of the time um, <laughs> that I'm hogging all of the questions. Um, so one of the things that uh, was is possibly happening now, so Sydney's been in lockdown for a while. Victoria, bless their hearts, are now in their sixth lockdown. Mm-hmm. Queensland are locked down. And as time goes by, you know, I sometimes, I was like at the beginning, I'm thinking, oh, thank goodness I've got two because at least they can play. Mm. And then I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> Maybe I just want one. I can come back. Which, which, because they, which they one can be... love me the most? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll get rid of the, the one that's in your one who's winning. Yeah. <laughs> Way harder right now. <laughs> I can't imagine. No. Um, so if they're children... You know, siblings aren't meant to spend every minute of the day together as well, whether they're two and five or and three or whether they're older. Um, and if you're in lockdown, it can be quite difficult to find, give them that time apart. I mean, how do you manage that? And you've got four in one house. Yeah, we live in a three-bedroom semi with four children, a giant dog. Like we are, we're in Top it. Top of each other. Um, look, so no, I can't, you know, I can try. There are moments one of mine will say, I just want some alone time. And I'm like, go hide in my cupboard because there's nowhere else. (laughs) Um, look, you know, I think it's, first of all, it's just so normal for kids to be fighting a bit more right now. Absolutely. They're missing their friends. And I think kids are picking up a little bit on, you know, probably our worry and the world is different and, and also they're going to get a bit, bit more bored. Like I said, they're not being run. So what do we do when we're a bit bored? We poke our brother <laughs> till he snaps. Also, kids will fight seeking connection from their parents. So, you know, ultimately we often think it's about them, um, but a lot of sibling con- conflict can be about us and our children. So they're seeking, and again, they're seeking that one-on-one connection with their parents. And often if you're seeing a big rise in conflict, starting with connection, you know, little mini Maggie's micro moments of connection are just so useful all the time with this kind of thing. So connecting in to to prevent. But then, um, you know, I often say with conflict, if you're seeing more conflict, first of all, just step out of the middle and know that it's not our job to solve it and that fighting is normal and it's healthy. And this is a really good opportunity to learn about, you know, negotiation. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes a lot of what's really uncomfortable for us with fighting is our own, um, you know, it's it's uncomfortable for us as parents to see one of our children hurt the other. It's one of the most triggering events as a mum for me. Um, But if you can sort of like um, I heard Maggie say last week and I love it, the three, she has three basic rules that you can put on your fridge and I do the same thing with my kids. So we just have the basic rule that you don't call names and you don't hit. So unless people are breaking a rule, it's okay for them to fight. You know, you can actually step out. I've, I've watched my kids have a massive fight on the trampoline today over something and I could hear, you know, don't do it, don't do it, don't. I said no, you know, and they're screaming and I'm, I'm watching thinking is this about to turn into a step-in moment where I'm going to have to set a boundary because someone's going to get hurt, but they resolved it. 
And I think the more you can step out, um, you don't have to step in. And of course, some of the time I'm stepping in like, whoa, <laughs> 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 I'm going to be right there. Um, and then, and then it's the same with even our child that is the protagonist or the one that, you know, initiated or, you know, sometimes I don't want to swear, but some of our kids are stirrers. Um, and sometimes I've got, I've got an eldest who picks and picks and picks at his younger brother till the brother snaps, okay, and it happens over and over and what I want to do is lose my mind at him and occasionally I do. But when I'm kind of switched on, I go in and often I will go in for a hug. I just grab him and I hug him as if I'm never, ever, ever going to let go. Like I'm, I'm in it for life. And you would think at 12 he'd just be like, no, but he hangs on like he is never going to let go. And then eventually he'll just sort of wriggle out and his whole face is softened. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think they don't even know what's wrong. He can't even wrap words around why he's picking on his brother. It's probably seeking connection with me. But if we can get in and sometimes just connect, it can, it can help. Yeah. Um, now I'm going to throw in one last question. Yeah. I know we're a bit over time. Um, what if your children are anxious about the virus? Yeah. Mine seems quite oblivious to it, but I know that's not the case for all children. Yeah. What if children are worried about what's going on? Yeah. So, um, you know, there are six major emotions and worry is one of them. And it's really important that we welcome in all our children's emotions equally. But it's really scary to do as parents because we can, we can worry. But if we name worry and say, oh, you're worried, they'll get more worried. So we avoid it and we try to make it better. And as Brene Brown says, we try to turn on the lights. So they say I'm worried and we say, there's nothing to worry about. It's all going to be fine. Like, it's all good, you know. <laughs> and actually what they need, the same as any adult or any human, is like, yeah, you're worried. I can see that. And if you just allow the space for that, often we don't need to solve it. But just by allowing that connection moment where you're like, yeah, I can understand it. And then we just think of all the things that, you know, worry, you know, when we think of it from the perspective of a child, it can get big. You know, you can even name it with your child. Like worry is telling you that everything's going to be bad and it's going to get terrible and we'll never be back at school. But the evidence says we've been through this before and we got out and everybody's getting vaccinated. And so we sort of tell the story of what the evidence says and we can just talk out of it. But really important to stop and listen and acknowledge that feeling before anything else because the feeling is the healing and it's often when we get heard that we're able to move on and often we don't need to solve it for our kids they just need to be heard what a great place to end it on <laughs> thank you so much for your time today oh my absolute pleasure i love talking to you siobhan i love how sorry, you sorry for hogging it everybody <laughs> but you know <laughs> I was here. I had the opportunity. <laughs> um, yeah, good to chat. Lovely. And if you'd like more information about all the work that Jen does, there'll be links in the comment section below to her website, Connected Parenting, and we'll also pop those links in the notes of this episode. And, of course, if you are needing specific advice on anything from settling a baby to managing a toddler tantrum, you can try Babyology's online platform, The Parent School, where you can connect with an expert that will help you with your specific problem. We'll be back again next week. See you then. Bye. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, 
email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.